Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Well, anyway, I'm looking at everybody, and, you know, usually on Mother's Day, everyone dresses nice, you know, we put on our, our best, and, um, and I look at all the lovely faces of our mothers, and what I'm seeing is not that beautiful facade that we present to each other on Sunday mornings, but I, what I see is a woman, or women, that are in the trenches. And, you know, usually on Mother's Day, you're thinking of a real sweet message. And, and I did have a sweet message a couple weeks ago. I did. But the Lord changed it when I was in my own trench. And the Lord began to tell me, you know, and, and I had told him, if I'm going to speak, I want to touch someone's heart. I want, I want to help somebody because that's where we are right now. We're in difficult times, you know. I mean, oh my goodness, when I think of what some of, you know, are, some, some of us are going through, you know, I want to speak to that. I don't want to speak to something frilly and beautiful and something that really isn't true. Because being a mother is one of the hardest things in the world. And they give you pretty cards and pretty flowers and show appreciation, which is so important. But, but what you're not seeing is you're not seeing the battle. You're not seeing the fight. You're not seeing, you're not seeing what women really go through. You're not seeing that. And so when the Lord spoke to me a couple days ago, he, he just said, Susan, we need to talk about victorious living. So really, I want to get down to where living for God really is. And, and you know what? This is dedicated to our ladies to our mothers today, this message or this talk is, is dedicated to you today. <clears throat> so I want to open up to Romans 12, uh, 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I read that from the New King. Is it the New King, James? Okay. I want to read it from the book because it's really plain English. And... um, and I do that from time to time. When I'm reading the Word of God, I go back to the, the book because I want to see it in plain English sometimes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip away every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance. Let's endure. Let's not feel like we want to run away because it's so easy to feel that way. 
but endure the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterward. Now he is seated on the place in the place of the highest honor beside God's throne in heaven. I just wanted to read it in plain English. But I wanted to look at the word renew. You know, because we're Christians. We have the Holy Ghost. We're baptized in Jesus' name. We have it all. Correct? Or I remember as a young 17-year-old coming to God thinking, oh, man, I got the Holy Ghost. I'm baptized. I don't need anything else. And, you know, it's going to be great from here on end. How many, how many felt like that when you got the Holy Ghost? Even as an adult, forget about being 17. Yeah, you feel like, oh, man, man, this is it. But what it really boils down to is that's just the beginning of running the race that Jesus has set before us. But anyway, along this, in this race is, um, and it talked in the scripture about being renewed. So to make like, it means to make like new, restore to freshness, vigor or perfection, to make new spiritually, to restore to existence, as in revive. So we need to be revived. We need to be revived every now and then. To make extensive changes in, as in rebuild. How many of you in your life have gone through terrible things, and when you're done, you feel right at the bottom like, man, I'm starting all over again. I'm starting all over again, because some of the things that we go through really reveal to us the things about us that really don't help us. Do you know what I'm saying? It's through, it's through adversity that we really find out who we are. Okay, um, do it again as in repeat. How many of you had to repeat? I'm guilty. I've had to repeat. To begin again as in resume. So how many of you have laid the burden down sometimes when the heat gets real hot and you just feel like I can't take one more step and you kind of lay the burden down? Well, this means resume, which means we're going to pick it up again. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep living for God. We're going to, and it comes down sometimes to just putting one step in front of the other. And sometimes that's all you can do. That's all you can do. But you know what? That's enough. Sometimes that's enough. The Greek word used in Romans 12.2 means a renovation, complete change for the better. How many of you have renovated a room in your house and, and just redid it and kind of did the colors and, you know, everything's new and fresh and new when you walk in that room? You, you feel revived. You feel better when you walk in a room like that. Well, that's what this is, renovating you, renovating parts about you that you want to overcome and that you know are not in line with God, that they hurt you. We're going to renovate. We're going to renovate. We need to renew all the areas of our walk with God on a regular basis. You have to, you have to, on a regular basis, assess what's going on in your heart and mind, what's going on in your life, 
What choices are you making? You know, where, where, where would you be slipping at this time? Everyone has their own troubles that they struggle with. Their Achilles tendon, if you will. Does anyone have one of those? Boy, do I. And the thing that, it's the thing that robs us of our joy. The thing I struggle with, my personal struggle, and to me, the Achilles tendon to me is something within you that you struggle with that, that keeps you from being all you can be because it's a struggle to overcome. And sometimes you feel like, I just can't do it. I, I just, I'm just not able to get over this hump. Just not able. In fact, I was thinking about Brother Beatty. When Brother Beatty was saying, when he first came to God, there was something he was struggling with, and he brought it to the altar every nine months. Well, I've been serving God 48 years. 48 years. And I still am dealing with that Achilles tendon. Or Achilles heel. That's what it is. The Achilles heel. I'm still dealing with it. And I may deal with it until Jesus comes. But I know one thing. I know who to go to. When that thing overwhelms me, when that battle, I feel like I'm being overcome. I feel like I'm down to the last hold, the last knot that I'm holding on to sometimes. You know, and I, I just want to say one thing. I am who I am. Took me a lot of years to accept that. Took me a lot of years to know that not everything about me is wonderful, you know, and, and there are things about myself I don't like, just like you have things about yourself that you don't like. But I'm not ever going to hide it from you. I'm not ever going to try to be something I'm not. I'm not ever going to be try to try to be um, super spiritual or I've got all the answers because I don't. But I do know one thing, that I love every one of you. Every one of you have branded my heart. So I'm never going to be something I'm not, and I hope you can accept me for who I am just for who I am. I don't like my, my joy being robbed. I don't like the joy being taken out of my life. And when I struggle with what I struggle with, and you know what? I debated on whether I was going to be honest with you about it. Because I can talk about this thing and go around circles, the whole message, and, and you still wonder, what is she talking about? What is she struggling with? What I struggle with is fear. I struggle with fear, and, I, and, it, and it has to do with my physical health because I have faced a lot of physical problems. And I was trying to analyze it the other day with God. God, why am I so fearful about this part of my life? Because it, it is very real. And I'm just trying to think, God, is it because, you know, I was abandoned at four and put in an orphanage, raised by nuns that were not you know, um, nurturing and comforting and, you know, was it because I wasn't avail? I did not have available to me a nurturing, um, environment where someone could pull me in their arms when I was going through illness. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out what, why am I this way? And even having Jesus for as long as I have, just, just have me have something physical happen to me. And honestly, ask my poor husband, because he prays for me the whole time I'm going through it. And then once that illness leaves or that physical, you know, like I, I had a bleed two years ago and that was frightening and all these different things that have happened, the stroke I had. And, you know, the thing is, God keeps telling me, 
Susan, I've got you. It doesn't matter what you're facing. I've got you. I have raised you up from everything you have faced. You have never been alone. The word of God says Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. And I still struggle with it. I do. But you know one thing I do know and the one thing I do put my trust in and and what Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Do you know what that means? Though God kill me, yet I'm going to keep my trust in him. And I can say 48 years I've trusted him. 48 years and he's never let me down. I've let him down plenty. But he has never, ever let me down. And you know what? He does give me my joy. My joy is kept in him. So that's what I have to do. I've got to keep my eyes on him above all else, above circumstances, above people, above whatever's going on. I have to keep my eye on him. Sometimes that fear that I get caught up in makes me feel that I'm all alone and that no one understands where I am. And sometimes I wonder, does anybody even care? Because the things that you go through, you don't talk about to people all the time. I mean, how could, could you imagine me coming to you every service? Oh, oh man, Liza, one more thing is going wrong. Oh, my goodness. I'm facing this. I'm facing that. I mean, you know what I mean? It, part of being a Christian is being able to lean on God and not feel that you have to, you know, Tell everybody else every little thing that's going on in your life, you know? And so I want to I thank God because one thing I do have that he gave me is a husband. And this man is awesome because he listens to everything I say, everything I share with him. Thank you for that. Everything. We must remember and never forget now, this is what God spoke to me when I was um, praying and God changed, changed what I was going to say. This is what he said. We must remember and never forget that we have a book with all the stories of victory and hardship, overcoming weakness and defeat and rising to victorious living through the power of God. And, you know, you know, sometimes we get to be, we get to wallowing in our, in our difficulties. And, and we make, and what happens is when you wallow, you make your world smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And next thing you know, you can hardly move. Your faith can't soar. It can't get out of this little bubble that you have created. <clears throat> so what we need to do is we have to get into the word of God when we are struggling and going through hardships, the word of God has all the answers. Jesus has all the answers. And my husband had me um, read Hebrews 11 with all the greats of the word of God and how they overcame and the difficulties that they went through. And, and I, I thought, oh my goodness, when I'm going through my difficulties, I even forget about Hebrews 11. Can you imagine? That's how tied up we can get in the things that we struggle with, in that Achilles heel that you have, that you deal with, it causes us to get all tied up. Well, how to get untied 
is get into the word of God. What does the word of God say? The word of God has everything. Freedom, victory, you know, overcoming. And Hebrews does talk about um, people like you and me. You know, they were like you and me. They weren't, you know, those superheroes that all the kids are into nowadays. These men, these stories in the word of God were people just like you and me that felt just the way you and I do. They, they, they weren't some great, uh, you know, they were, they were men. They were men, but the difference is, well, the, like us, is they love God. And Jesus was their all in all. So when they submitted and surrendered, even in their hardships, Jesus was able to use them. He was able to use their stories for us today so that we can get into the word of God and see how great, how great God is and that we are not alone and that we can have joy and we can have victory, even going through some some of the most difficult times. Our, Our story is just like theirs and their stories are enough to encourage us in knowing that we are not alone. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The cloud of witnesses are all those who share in our story of discouragement, depression, hardship, struggle, or whatever you want to fill in the blank. Those are the cloud of witnesses. They share in our story. If the Bible were still being written today, our lives would be talked about. There's someone in, in somewhere would be talked about if the Bible was still be, being written today. The end has not yet been told. But when it is, it will end with victory if we keep striving for renewal. It'll always end in victory. Our story is just going to, and in victory. And that victory is going to be the day we stand on the streets of gold. The day we see Jesus face to face. Sister Wells, as a lot of you know, um, has just passed away. And we found out about it. My husband told me about it in the car. I'm not kidding you. I felt such joy for her. I felt so happy. Her last years were not easy. They were difficult and hard. And, and her husband struggled with her illness and having, you know, to take care of her. But I'm going to tell you something. I, and I used to think about her and I used to feel, oh God, you know, touch sister Wells. I, I know that what she's going through is so difficult. Just give her strength and minister to her. And then when I heard she went to be with Jesus, I mean, the joy I felt and what she went through was nothing in comparison to what she is sharing with Jesus right now. I mean, I I thought, Jesus, she's face to face with you. And, you know, I felt a little jealous. I felt a little jealous. Face to face with Jesus. Isn't that what we're all striving for? To be face to face with God. Never give up. Never give in. Never give in. Fight the good fight of faith. And when we are finished we will have the same testimony as the great Apostle Paul. And what did he say? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
And finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, he said, not to me only, but to all those who have loved his appearing. I love his appearing. Don't you? The thought of that. But it's not just his appearing at the end time. It's his appearing in the midst of my storm. He appears. Whenever you call his name, the word of God says that he never turns away from a child of God that calls out to him. When you think about it, that's pretty amazing. He'll never turn away from you. He will always be there. He will be there to strengthen, to help. It's his appearing when I'm depressed, when I'm discouraged, when I'm weak, when I'm lonely, and when I'm broken. Because you know what? We all feel those things, and we will until the day Jesus comes. Because these are human characteristics, and we're stuck with them because we're in this world. We're stuck with those. But you know, Jesus made a way of escape for everything, for everything. And one of my favorite scriptures, and and a, a lot of you ladies probably have had me whisper this in your ear when I've prayed for you. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. How many of us get dismayed? And he's telling us, don't be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Isn't that all we need? That's all we need is to know he's our God, that he's going to strengthen us, that he's going to help us, and not to be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Don't be anxious. I'm preaching myself, everybody. We don't have to be, this is how I have felt about myself at times. We don't have to be simpering little mice. And this is what came to me in prayer when I was walking that, that bedroom. <laughs> I do that. I walk that bedroom and I'm talking plain to Jesus. Plain. And um, you don't have to be a simpering little my, mouse um, cowering in the corner in fear of the day. There are some of us that we fear the day. We, feel, we fear the day. Don't be afraid of the day. Jesus has overcome the day and the night and death and hell and everything. He's overcome it all. We can declare in our own hearts and our own minds and to the world around us for that matter that it is God in us that is great and not we ourselves. We can't look to ourselves. We don't have the answers. We don't have the power. But we believe in the one who does. I am so grateful for him. I'm so grateful. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter to me, a strong tower from the enemy. He's a strong tower. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. You, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. I'm so grateful 
to know the Lord today. I'm so grateful to have served him as long as I have and to see you here today. You're here today because there's something in your heart toward Jesus. There's something in your heart that longs for him, that longs to be with him, that longs to experience his spirit. Let's stand and worship him right now. Let's stand and raise our hands to him. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for the songs of worship that we were able to experience today and feel your presence in a way that was so magnificent, so powerful, so comforting, so helpful, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. We pray by your spirit that you touch each heart that's here today and minister to them in a special way and help them to know that they can live a victorious life in you, that you are the victory, that you are the victory. You are our victory, Jesus. We're so grateful for your mercy, for your goodness, Lord. We're thankful, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, And if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 1030 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.